welcome to issue 27 of the Booty Bay Press, a goblin-run newspaper that functions for fun and profit. Mostly for the profit. My name is Lexi. My name is Gwen. And we are the publishing team for the Booty Bay Press. Hi, Gwen. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, you know, it's been a really long time. (laughs) It has been. What has it been? Three weeks? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, I'm going to be up front here, uh, kind of in the middle of transitioning here, uh, life-wise. Um, trying to move, trying to get into our apartment. Uh, it's taking a little bit longer than I was hoping, although maybe not longer than I expected. Um, but, uh, while that's, uh, happening i'm just kind of in real life limbo right now and i don't always know if i'm gonna have a good internet connection or anything so uh we have a show this week for you guys it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be about arcane magic and it's going to be about uh note taking and it's gonna be super cool but um it might we might not have another one next week because it might take a little bit. So, you know, we might be still a little bit unsteady, but we're here, guys, and we'll be back. We promise. <laughs> Pinky swear. So, Gwen, what have you been up to the last three weeks in WoW? My memory doesn't go back that far, Lexi. You know that. <laughs> My memory's good, good if it goes back one week. You haven't been taking the meticulous notes for our podcast over the last three weeks no i'm ashamed of you but you're not surprised (laughs) i'm not surprised but i am ashamed (laughs) um yeah mostly rp i've been getting more into it though actually next week i'm gonna be taking a week-long break to play eso because they have a dlc that launched um but yeah mostly rp a lot of one-on-one um my character phase finally starting to not hate all of Greystone. I really like one-on-one RP. I do too. Um, yeah, I really like one-on-one RP if it flows well. Like we, yeah. we did some last night that just didn't flow well. I think it was because <laughs> we neither of our characters had much to talk to each other about. Yeah. Um, it was also the first time I'd logged into WoW in like three weeks so uh, i was still trying to figure out what my characters had been doing and stuff but yeah um lindy is not super great at driving rp on her own neither's jasa <laughs> so um and then val didn't come and i was like okay that's cool so you had no one to harass <laughs> yeah but let's see uh so Faye and Val are friends again. Yes, and Faye's offered to teach Val again. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's n- um not much, there, like there's lots of RP going on, but most of it's random RP or event RP. Okay, so nothing really storyline for any of my characters. Any fun events over the last three weeks? What was the best event over the last three weeks? Um, give me a minute. We've okay. actually been putting them on the calendar. I don't know if you've noticed. I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, it's March. Okay, so probably the favorite one that I ran was one for Love is in the Air. Okay. 
and pretty much everyone had a um their perfect mate come out and it was just it's hard to explain but it was a lot of fun okay that sounds awesome um and yeah there wasn't that much rp that i didn't run that i went to actually okay so i can't really say okay fair enough well I've been up to all kinds of nothing for the last three weeks, and I have a lot to talk about. It just all kind of adds together as nothing. Okay, so start (laughs) talking, Lexi. So uh, when I left, I took a break from WoW, uh, mostly because I'm paying with WoW through the coins. Yep. Um, And I knew that I wasn't going to have a constant internet connection, and I kind of felt like having two weeks of subscription time when I didn't need it was a little bit like losing out 30,000 gold or so. Uh, um, more like 15,000 gold, but yes. Yeah, maybe 15. Uh, depends on how well my garrisons are doing. I'm getting close to 30,000 every two weeks. 15,000 a week with all of my different garrisons and running old raids and stuff like that. Um, oh, I lost my transmog inventory. Oh. Not any of the transmog that I wear. Although, it was kind of there. So mostly I've taken the attitude with transmog of, um, putting it on the auction house. Mm-hmm. And transmog's that thing where it's not a short-term sell. It's just you keep it up on the auction house and eventually people go looking for it and it sells. Yes. Um, but because it's long term like that, it's also a really good way for me to store the transmog that I'm interested in, but that is somewhat easy to go get back or that I'm not really planning on using until Legion so that I can decide, oh, hey, I actually really like that. I can go get that back. Um, but unless someone buys it, unless someone buys it, which, at which point, fine, whatever. I just made money. Um, but it's a lot easier than keeping it all in my bags unless i forget to check my mail and it all gets deleted (laughs) so logged back into the game yesterday to find all of my transmog gone and i was sad i gave you that really sarcastic clap but i've totally done something similar (laughs) yeah (laughs) that Um, used to be how i stored enchanting ingredients yep so lesson learned there um Let's see. So moving, I've been couch surfing a lot, moving from place to place because people are busy. Turns out I did not anticipate that being as difficult as it has been. Oh, I actually kind of thought I had it mostly figured out before I came down here and then it was not as figured out as I thought. So it's been frustrating to deal with. Mm hmm. But, um, that's okay. It makes me really want to just go live in Azeroth for the next month so I don't have to deal with it anymore and I can just go rent an inn in Azeroth. I have, like, <laughs> 40,000 gold to rent an inn with. <laughs> yeah, which is great. if you, Unless, of course, there's, like, this giant dragon that comes from the sky and starts to breathe fire down on the inn. Oh, I'll just go sleep at an in Northrend or something. They're not dealing with anything anymore. Oh, no, because there's nothing like any more of the skirt. Northrend's or cold. I'm going to go rent an inn in Pandaria. They're, they're all fixed. Apparently, we have different versions of fixed. <laughs> I guess. Um, but I have been doing a literal ton 
of RP on Skype, uh, specifically because it's really easy to do on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even done it on mobile a couple of times, which is fine. I much prefer having my laptop to type with mobile. I inevitably end up with a ton of typos where my phone decided to autocorrect things. <laughs> uh, sometimes, and I catch most of them, but not all of them. It's and a pain to go in and edit. Sometimes the autocorrect says ridiculous things. <laughs> Yes, it does. Uh, so I always warn my RP partner that I'm on mobile, but there's three people right now that I'm RPing with on Skype a ton. And one of them, I'm running a really cute little fairy tale themed game that I'm running with a guy who's playing a prince, um, you know, like Prince Charming, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but it's a modified swords and laser system that we called swords and magic maybe i don't remember what we called it uh but it's super super simple so it's mostly story based and he just has to roll 3d6 whenever he wants to do something and it's super easy um and fun to do and stuff so really really enjoying all of that so not doing a ton of rp in wow but doing a ton of rp out of wow and i have to say if anyone wants to do some rp out of wow I'll do um it. I love RP on Skype. Yeah, send me a message because RP outside RP on Skype is super awesome. I love it. Yeah, and there's n- none of those you have to keep it within a small paragraph. Yes. It's so true. <laughs> so Gwen, um you have put together mostly the first segment here. What are we talking about next? We are talking about magic in Azeroth, namely right now arcane magic and roleplay. Um, this is going to be a um, segment until we go through all of the different magics. And every week we're going to talk about a different one. This week it's arcane, probably next week is going to be um, divine. Do you want to do fell magic next week? Um, Just because sh- it's kind of the opposite of arcane and we can like... Shoot sure. them in opposites? We don't have to. There'll be some sort of magic next week. I don't know what kind. <laughs> I don't. We can do fell magic. I'm not too picky. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, a lot of people have probably been following MMO Champion and the like, and have been seeing the previews for the WoW Chronicle. Yes, so awesome! I'm so excited for this book. Yes, and. Pretty much when it comes out, you can expect a full episode just on what's in the WoW Chronicle. Yeah, I was telling Gwen, or like, you know, two or three or five. Yeah. (laughs) So, expect it in like two weeks. There's going to be a lot of lore to unpack in that book. I've already got it on pre-order. So yeah, Arcane Magic, it's powered by the Force of Order and opposed by Fell Magic, which is the Force of Disorder or Chaos. And uh, spells are referred to in the books as having a matrix, a matrix, um, and more complicated spells have a big, bigger or more difficult matrix. Yeah. Um. So I read a lot of the WoW books. Yes. And especially in the newer ones, ever since Arthas. Ah, uh, maybe all the way back to Arthas. I was going to say Night of the Dragon, which was a Cataclysm book. Um. But ever since yeah maybe arthas um 
we do every time we get a wizard actually a mage actually casting things they're doing it by manipulating ley lines uh mm-hmm. and by turning that power into basically a magical construct which they call a matrix and some of them are really simple and the matrices sort of manipulate the fabric of reality uh and then uh in night of the dragon um who's the blood elf mage whose name i can't think of right now i do not remember i don't know if i've actually read that one yeah, I've got if, it, if but... I remembered the name, <laughs> you would know exactly who I was talking about. Um, not Kalthos. Not Kalthos. Father. I don't think Kalthos's father either. Uh. Anyway, there's a mage, and he gets trapped in a basically a prison stone. Of mm-hmm. sorts. It's been a while since I read it, so I don't remember what they called it. But it's basically a prison stone, which imprisons you. And the stone uh, acts as sort of like a stasis thing. So you could actually be imprisoned in it for like an eternity, right? Yep. Uh, but he escapes by picking at the matrix and finding the weak spot in the matrix and picking it apart until he breaks the spell, which I thought was really uh, interesting. So it's actually really like you almost never see that in game. It's just in the books. Yeah, it's. Almost reminds me of a D and D prestige class called the Geometer. Yeah, it kind of is like that. Which pretty much had um pretty much all all their spells were cast by geometry. Yeah, which I absolutely love them. They're super powerful. Yeah, so it, it's really interesting uh, to kind of look at things like that and realize that that's really how arcane magic is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. So I thought that was interesting anyways. Which which makes sense because it's the thing of order. Um and math it tends to be considered orderly. Yes. Unless you're actually using it. <laughs> um but yeah, actually into the game. Um there's four rules that you get very early on as a mage. Um it's actually contained in the glyphic letter. Magic is powerful. Magic is corrupting, magic is addicting, and magic draws denizens of the twisting nether to those who wield the arcane. So yeah, Lexi, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, um, so first let's talk about corrupting, because this is really interesting. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I would say that although arcane magic is corrupting, that it really tends to be a lot of different types of magic in WoW are corrupting. Uh, it's sort of like uh, anyone who decides to manipulate any of these uh, higher powers like order or disorder or light and shadow and stuff is innately changed by doing so. Yep. Um, so you get all of the Night Elves who have evolved from each other so differently because of the different magics that they use. Uh, and the different ways that they use magic. Um, so you have the night elves who have kind of sworn off arcane magic and use mostly light magic. And then you have the blood elves that switched over to fell and almost immediately grew paler skin and uh, 
fell green eyes and you have the high elves which also look different and it's just these different types of magic uh that they're using is corrupting them at a very almost um a genetic level oh yeah which is really interesting um and then uh we know that magic draws uh attention from denizens of the twisting nether because that's the problems of azeroth is because (laughs) magic draws denizens of the twisting nether (laughs) that is exactly right (laughs) half the reason um a lot of gravestone characters dislike magic is because magic causes all problems yes that is accurate but it solves all problems too (laughs) no 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 we're gonna get into that (laughs) oh are we we are we are (laughs) um so and then addicting and uh well it's obviously powerful especially powerful mages are basically forming their own order however whatever order they want into the into reality mm-hmm. so their order happens to be i want a fireball in your face oh look you have a fireball in your face <laughs> and that's them imposing their will or their order on the universe uh which you know would be a very addictive power to have um and then it's probably addicting not just on the power high but stuff but um i don't know what do you have to say about this anything um just a moment um sorry i was looking for something i can't find it but um i would say that arcane magic tends to be the original corruption arcane magic tends to be like the weed of magic that then pushes you it's it's the gateway magic because it then pushes you over to fell which i tend to see as more corrupting yes fell is definitely more corrupting than arcane um and primarily i see magic as addicting mainly in blood elves um i haven't seen it so much in human spellcasters have you uh no it doesn't really get addressed all that much in human spellcasters um the thing i really wish wow paid more attention and the wow chronicle is bringing some of it uh into it is for a long time until the wow chronicle preview just came out we didn't know what powered arcane magic yeah we really didn't um Um, and i really wish the game spent a little bit more time on the consequences of actually wielding arcane magic like we get it with fell magic it's corrupting and you destroy life when you use it and things like that but with arcane magic a lot of times it's really just felt like hey we can do whatever we want and like um it doesn't seem to make people super tired it seems like most people can cast as much as they want until they run out of mana um like it's there's just been like not a good power source for it so it'll be interesting to see when this book comes out if it maybe defines the power source and the consequences of using magic a little bit yeah and like i've heard different um things about whether or not magic actually ages you oh that's interesting or whether it actually preserves you because i've heard two different theories and they both seem to have some lore backing it up okay um, but I'd really like to see that because I think the most interesting thing about magic is consequences. Um, uh, and I like the fact that, uh, I like the idea of there being a trade-off. In order for me to throw a fireball in your face and to have that power, it means that I'm giving up something to have that power, whether it be I'm getting older or whether it 
the I've stopped aging now because I'm powerful and that's its own sort of consequence, really. That's actually an interesting consequence because it might seem like a benefit at first, but then maybe it wouldn't be. It really depends because if you have all mage, if all of your friends are mages, it's probably yeah. less of a consequence. That's true. I don't know, but I really wish that uh, in-game there was a little bit more attention. Even the books don't really go into the consequences of magic. Yeah. And I really wish they did. Hopefully the Wild Chronicles will. Yeah. The only consequence it talks about is the Twisting Nether concept. It will draw the attention of yes. the Burning Legion if you cast too much of it. Yes, so, which I do kind of wonder why exactly Jaina's not hip deep in demons by now. <laughs> yeah. See, but that's like... That's not a constant consequence either. That's just mostly a plot-driven consequence, right? So yeah, like, demons show up when the plot dictates. Yeah, so I we don't need, know. We need demons. How are we going to summon them? Oh, there's been a lot of arcing magic over there. That's how. Yeah, so I don't know. But <laughs> what, what else do you have to talk about, Gwen? Um, well, the next thing is the law of symp- sympathy, which is when someone handles an item, they leave part of their own magical aura attached to it. And so this actually is where you get the idea of that you can scry on someone if you have a lock of hair. Okay. Or you can cast a love potion with someone's um, blood. Okay. So this actually is probably where people get a lot of a lot of blood mages start with the law of sympathy. Oh, that would make sense. Um, and this is something I really like using in RP. It doesn't seem to get um, used too, too much, which is kind of a pity. Um, but yeah, it's the, and this is not only part of them, but also if they are attached to an item, like an old teddy bear that they were really, really attached to, um, that also will leave part of their own magical aura attached to it. I could see this being used in like troll RP a lot. Uh, if you were playing like a, um, shadow hunter or yes. like a troll. Do trolls mage at all? Uh, I don't yeah. Think... Your okay. first character was a troll mage. No, my first character oh, was a troll no. priest. That's right. My bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think they really do anything other than like voodoo and um, troll priests and stuff like that. Stuff with yeah. Loa. But uh, yeah, exactly with the stuff with the Loa. This feels very voodoo-ish to me, which is what the Loa is based off of. In yeah. fact, like, the Loa is the phrase that <laughs> gets used in real life, too. So, uh, Moving on, there are eight schools in magic, which is abjuration, which is protection magic. If you put up a mana shield, that's abjuration. Conjuration, that's if you um, summon a water elemental. Divination, that's the scrying spell. Enchantment is pretty much um, enchant- enchanting someone. Illusion is um, mirror image. Right. Necromancy is raising the dead, obviously. Transmutation, polymorph, and evocation would be your favorite pyroblast. Right. Now, are these schools ever addressed in Warcraft? Yes, actually they are. It's in the Schools of Arcane Magic, which is a... Um, series of in-game books for the higher learning achievement. Most of this information actually came from the um, higher learning achievement books. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, and so let me pull up one. These are 
exactly the same schools that Dungeons and Dragons uses as well. So I wondered if it was the yes. same. And actually, enchantment um, enchantment is if you imbue someone with magical power. Right. Someone or something. A lot of yes. things. Someone or something. Um, like if, like the brooms. Yeah, brooms are enchanted. Um, casting a sleep spell would probably be considered an enchantment. Um, oh, oh, the guardian. The guardian would be enchanted. That would be probably like the most powerful enchantment magic, uh, used on Azeroth. Or close to it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. We're imbuing you with all of our magical powers so you can go fight demons. Yay! <laughs> so, what's your favorite uh, school of magic, Gwen? Um, probably divination. Okay. Because I'm nosy. Fair enough. And I would really like to play a diviner sometime. Um, that pretty much just knows everything about people and spends their entire day watching people. Do you think Jace's book magic would be a combination of enchantment and divination? Um. Or just enchantment? Enchant, um, no, it's definitely enchantment. It also might be a little bit of necromancy. Um, oh, because right, because she does- she's using her own soul to power them. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so moving on, role-playing a mage. Um, first is figure out what you're good at and what you are bad at. Um, this is what you did with Talinia. Uh, this is exactly what I did with Talinia. <laughs> um, in WoW at least, mages, um, specialize. And while they don't have band schools like Dungeons and Dragons, it stands to reason if you spend your life focusing on frost magic, your portals suck. Yeah, you stole that exactly from me. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> um, I really like the idea. Um, I wouldn't play one for Gravestone because it wouldn't work. But I really like the idea of playing a mage that doesn't specialize in battle magic at all, but is just sort of like a mundane magic user that... Uh, they would make a fortune. Yeah, or they fortune. They would make or... absolute fortune. Um, one of the things, and this was, uh, mm, I think maybe Matt Rossi brought this up, but it's a really interesting concept way back a long time ago. But, um, because there don't seem to be a lot of consequences for using magic like this, and mages can create, um, food, Mm -hmm. there should not be, like, food uh, shortages in, um... Westfall and stuff because you should just send a mage over <laughs> to create to create magic food. Um, but I like the idea of playing a wandering mage that just moves from like starving family to starving family and spends a night creating a magical feast for them. Like I think that would be a fun character to play. It would be, especially if like this was someone who was um was a member of the church. Yeah, like a member of the church had a little bit of first aid knowledge not like healing magic but first aid knowledge bandaging and things like that um not the ability to really you know stand on the front lines and throw around magic against attackers but just kind of a charity type person that goes around and says hey look you're really hungry here's a magic feast for you tonight let's all eat and celebrate together and then moves on 
the next day. And maybe they know portals so that they can go from place to place. I really want to have um, an, a mage just sell enchanting dust, I see Lee. And that be <laughs> all they do. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. Um, so are there factions to think about when making a mage? What are um, the different mage factions we know of? Um, the main one to worry about, and I actually didn't make a list of all mage factions, so I'm not going to go and BS it off the top of my head. But the main one to worry about is Kirin Tor. Okay. Because they are the police of magics. Um, they are the reason why you, Ooseli, only have portals to the major cities. Right. Um, because if you go anywhere else without the proper license, you're going to die. Yes, that is accurate. Um, they also have all sorts of um, rules and regulations for a polymorph. And I am going to read some of them to you because they are high and because they are hilarious. Okay, go ahead. Rule number one: Do not turn a creature of lesser intelligence into a creature of higher intelligence. Cerebral <laughs> brain functions rarely translates in a polymorph, but sometimes it does. Voracious creatures such as serpents and wolves need not have their predatory insti- instincts honed with a human mind. We feel obligated to quote small claims disaster case. 12651-B labeled Bartholomew, the bear who bears arms. <laughs> That's awesome. Rule number three. Polymorphic debaucheries are to be disposed of in a timely and discreet manner. The public need not bear witness to the horrendous abominations wrought from a batched, botched polymorph. Accidents happen, and the Kirin Tor understands this. However, public viewing of creatures such as the werewolf whale, mer-elf, amphibious worgen, flying ooze, griffo-hippo-vern, curage bunny, and the infamous blue-checkered cube gives us all a bad reputation. (laughs) That's amazing. Do not polymorph a creature into a more powerful creature. While this looks plain common sense, we feel obligated to quote mildly severe case uh, claims disaster case 8791-E labeled Magus John Quint liquefied by sickly deer turned violently confused molten giant. <laughs> and there, I'm just quoting a couple of them. You can find this in the Ledgermain Lounge in Dalaran every okay. several hours. And you can also find it on Wowpedia. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they have rules and regulations for everything, including the, your fr- favorite blink spell and polymorph, and I just read all the polymorph, and teleportation, things like that. Okay. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, they are also, they are the reason why you used to have to pay for every, every portal spell, every teleport spell. Yep. And... The, um, because that gold actually went to repairing the ley lines that right. you were actually, um, I'm trying to word. I can't word. Um, Teleporting you, through. Portaling yes, through. That you were using to teleport. Yeah. And over time they would, um, begin to deteriorate and then they had to repair them. Is that why it's so much harder to, like, teleport to Draenor is because there's no existing ley lines that connect Draenor to Azeroth? I actually Question do not mark? know. It's an interesting question. It, it wasn't really a question I expected you to have an answer to. It was just a thought. Um, magic is useful outside of combat. We've already talked about that. Um, 
But yeah, some of my favorite things in Dalaran are the smaller magics, like enchanted boom, brooms, and the one that can turn on the lights. All yeah, this like purely fa- flavor stuff. Yeah. Um, finally, magic can't solve everything, and it has its limits. Um, and this is something you and um, your fellow players need to figure out, such as what are its limits, what can and can't you do, uh, but how can you keep magic from solving all your problems? Because there's nothing more frustrated, frustrating for someone to have a um, nice long plot and then have you solve it in two minutes because magic. Uh, yes, that is accurate. Although, if you're a dungeon master, you should be keeping in your player's capabilities in mind when creating things. Um, but that's why it's important to know what the limits are, because then the storyteller knows what to prepare for. Yes. If the storyteller knows you can just teleport out of the dungeon, uh, then they need to find a reason to keep you in the dungeon, so you don't want to do that. Yeah, it can be something as simple as an abjuration spell that's preventing teleportation. Yeah, although I very rarely like to take abilities away from my players because that feels like I'm cheating a little bit. I would prefer to say, look, I know you can teleport out of the dungeon, but if you do, the 19 children that you need to save all die and form into a horrible, horrible, gibbering maw with all of their children mouths gibbering and gabbering at each other. All right, Gwen, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, move on from this segment and jump right into our next one now. Okay. We're going to go ahead and talk about a segment I'm calling Running Your Game. Specifically, note-taking and you. I worked very hard on these segment names. I know you did. <laughs> I'm sure you put so much effort into naming them. Um, I do put a lot of effort into naming them. <laughs> hmm, let me think. I need a segment about running a game. What should I call it? Well, look, I didn't <laughs> say it was creative. <laughs> I just said it was effort. Anyways, we're going to be talking about note-taking here. Uh, Note-taking is a really important aspect of being a good dungeon master and storyteller. Uh, Notes are the key to being consistent week after week after week. Um, So we're going to talk about note-taking strategies, uh, ways to keep notes, when you should keep them, how to store them, how to organize them for easy reference, um, notes that you should share with your players. all of this information applies to players too because um, the best role players take notes on their own so that they can look things up without having to look at the dungeon master and say, remember when we were playing last week and we met that uh, girl who, what was her name again? <laughs> Rebecca. Oh yeah, Rebecca. And remember how Rebecca and I took us to that place, that big tower thing that, uh, made, what was that called again? The Mage's Tower. Yeah, that one. That was a really creative name, by the way. Good job. <laughs> you don't want to be that player. I don't? No, because you'll drive your storyteller insane. Storytellers put a lot of effort into uh, running the world that you're playing in, and the least you can do is keep, you don't have to keep super detailed notes. I hope not. The least you can do is keep some notes. I suppose. Do you not like taking notes? Um, 
I tend to overestimate my my memory sometimes. Okay. And I also have a problem where I tend to lose my notes. So I've taken them and then I've lost them the next two, like two sessions down the line. Okay. Uh, well, maybe this segment is just for you, Gwen. Wow. And that's actually more for D&D than for WoW. Um, uh, yes, although um, probably not in a casual guild like ours, but I would think that if you were in a dedicated RP guild that was doing overarching storylines all the time, that you'd want to have pretty good notes as well as a player. Oh, no, I mean losing them. Oh, yeah, it's a yeah, lot. No, yeah. I actually have a place where I keep all my WoW notes, and I don't have to go places, like to another person's house to play WoW, so it's usually right yeah, by my computer. That's accurate. Um, we are mostly talking about digital notes here, anyways. Um, although I do strongly suggest I used to keep... I don't keep it anymore, um, although I will put one together for when I run the campaign, once we're into the uh, apartment and everything, mm -hmm. um, when I start a new game, either as a new player or as a dungeon master, I go out and buy a very inexpensive three-ring binder and put notebook paper in it. Mm -hmm. And that is the dedicated D&D &D binder that will be used specifically for that. And everything goes inside of that. Uh, unless I'm the dungeon master, at which case... All of the player notes, like my uh, library of NPCs that we're going to talk a little bit about, goes in that so that players can use it for reference mid-game. Okay. My actual notes tend to go on the computer as a dungeon master. Yeah. Um, but let's start talking about this. Gwen, when do you think note-taking begins as a storyteller? As a storyteller? Yeah. Um, for me, at least it starts when I start making character and place names. Yes, uh, so I would agree with that. It starts when you start planning the story or the event or whatever you're running. It's if I if I'm just if I've just got like a little plot idea, I'm usually pretty good at remembering those. Okay, but I am terrible at remembering um, names. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to be honest. I do two things here. Um. When I'm really really early starting things out, I tend to use Notepad. To just throw down all of my little plot ideas and my names and whatever, just to kind of throw my mind out. And I use Notepad for a lot of things like this because it's super lightweight, it opens immediately, and yes. things like that. Um, I use it all the time in WoW, actually. Yeah. Um, so I use it for that a lot. But when I'm actually getting, uh, moving on from that initial brainstorming, I really like to move on to Scrivener. Um, you could also use Word or something like that. Basically a word processing thing. I like Scrivener because it lets me create a bunch of different documents in the same program that I can switch between with a click of the mouse. And it's not as system intensive as having like eight or nine different WoW documents open at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's also a little bit more organized than alt tabbing through eight or nine different documents. <laughs> um... But when I get down to this point, the first thing I do is come up with major NPCs and their basic storylines. Mm -hmm. And then I usually come up with a question uh, that will define the plot. I don't... Um, I, well, I've probably talked about this before. So like uh, the question for the uh, little one shot I ran with you guys the other day. 
started with when a caravan accidentally awakens an ancient spell called the Lady Flood and reignites an ancient war that consumed an empire, will they be able to escape with their lives? And that was like the question I had that kind of drove the creation of that. Okay. Now, one thing that I love doing that I have actually stolen from... Well, I stole it from the Dresden Files RPG book, but the Dresden Files RPG book is a flavored fate book. <laughs> um, but I have stolen the, um, fate character, the fate, uh, non-player character sheets, uh, for characters, cause they are amazing. They're little cards. You fit it all into a little three by five section. So you don't have to get super detailed. In fact, you're not supposed to get super detailed, but it gives you all of their basic information at a glance. And so they ask for, uh, and I've come up with an example here. So they ask for first the character name, and I've come up with the name Eliza Frank, okay. uh, the organization they associate with, which is the high top gang. And I know that from the game I'm running that the High Top game is an urban gang that runs through the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, it asks for their high concept, which is just a sentence that describes them. So Eliza's high concept is a cowardly bully follower with a conscience. Uh, she hates what the head bully does, but is too scared to stand against her. Her motivation is survival on the streets, having a warm place to sleep at night. And her relationships, uh, and in this case I've listed three. Alice Gray, who is the gang leader, and she's terrified of Alice and needs her, but she needs her approval for shelter. Uh, Lena White, who is the gang cook, and, uh, Eliza has a crush on Lana. And Tom Black, who is a fellow gang member and rival. And Tom is always trying, trying to blame his mistakes on Eliza. I'm actually going to interject and say that for this for a campaign, if you're going to make a long-running campaign uh -huh. with this sort of thing, I would actually suggest um, either Tumblr or um, making a wiki for it. Because it allows you to tag things. Yes. Um, so I don't usually put these on the character sheet they came with. Mm -hmm. oh, this is just the information that I come up with for most of my NPCs that I've stolen. It's the way I organize things. Okay. For the Like, for the relationships... I would have Alice Gray linked to a page that's then her card, and I would have Lana White linked to her own page and Tom Black, so you could just click on those names and see their gang cards. I would have the organization linked so that I could click on the High Top Gang, find their description, and find all of the people in the High Top Gang. Yes. Um, but this is just the way, uh, this is the basic, uh, information that I would put, and if I was creating a library of NPCs when I create those, I often format it this way for people to look at really quickly. Yeah, it's... I just like how being able to link things together. That's actually... It. I tend to keep most of my World of Warcraft notes on a shifter site. Yes, we're going to talk about that actually down a little bit okay. further. Definitely. Um, so this is all pre-game notes as a storyteller when you're creating. Uh, when is the next most important time to keep notes, Gwen? After the game, when you've forgotten half of everything. Yeah, that sounds perfect. That's going to help you be super consistent. Yeah, especially if you, like, wait a couple days. Yeah, um, definitely. My preferred method is to wait about two weeks, and then to just try to remember the last two sessions of information all yeah. at once, and just kind of try to put it together. 
Yeah. Um, it's especially helpful when I look at players that have been taking better notes than I have and say <laughs> to them, what was the name of that tower that I introduced a couple of uh, sessions ago? And they look at me and say, the mage it was tower. called the mage tower. And I said, oh, yeah, that was a really creative name, wasn't it? And they look at me and say, no, no. you made it on the spot. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> This sounds like you're actually speaking from real life, Lexi. <laughs> no, um, but uh, one of my best friends that I love to RP with, Andrew, always takes super detailed notes. And so um, I always try to have my notes be at least as detailed as his so that I never have to hit that situation. Is this the one that um, we met in college? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a fairly common name, so I didn't yeah. know. Um, no, so I actually suggest that you keep notes during the game. That's so fun. Uh, yeah, well, I still suggest you do it. <laughs> That's when I'm going to be on my phone and playing Bejeweled while everyone no, else is playing. No, it's not. You're a storyteller. You're not going to do that. <laughs> As a shy player, you might have time to do that. As a storyteller, you don't have the time. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell I also- you... I also got really annoyed when our friends used to do that. Um, I get too distracted when I'm running a game to eat snacks. Not so much so when I'm running a WoW event, but when I'm actually running a D&D game, um, I usually don't even eat snacks. I drink a lot of soda. You ate, you polished off like two or three cupcakes. Uh, well, but, uh, yeah, I did. That's true. <laughs> Those were really good. <laughs> They were really, really good. I, w- I wasn't entirely certain if they would be, but and I got those chocolate ones just for you. Uh, well, thank you, because those You're are welcome. the ones I ate. I know. <laughs> um, but when I'm playing, um, I keep notes. Uh, I tend to keep notes by NPCs. Um, and in game, it's usually just like one line things, especially if I've come up with a new NPC on the spot. I note down their name and their importance. Um, also, if someone did, uh, in game, if someone did something kind of small that I'm going to need to remember later on, but I'm not likely to, I write that down. I don't keep super detailed notes while I'm playing. It's just kind of new information that I didn't expect to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, because then after the game... Uh, I will take some more detailed notes. Usually right after a game ends, I will sit down and organize my library of NPCs. And I tend to organize my notes by NPCs um, just because um, I think best stories are story-driven. Um, and I know what the plot is, and my players know what the plot has been. So I don't need to have a list of plot events. What I need is a list of NPCs so that they look at that NPC and go, right, this NPC has shown up. She was the one that was in charge of the high top gang back when we saw her six months ago. And that will kind of just rebring the session to them, mm-hmm. which is why I like doing it like that. Um, I do also occasionally uh, keep a library of settings of uh, settings. Okay. That often get cards that are very similar to the cards that I make for the NPCs. Um, because the best settings are kind of characters in and of themselves. Yes. Um, so I put all of that together. 
And then once I have all of my notes put together, uh, finding a way to store them and share them is super important. And this is where things like what you were talking about come in. Uh, Scrivener, not Scrivener, uh, Shifter. Yeah. Tell me why you like Shifter. Um, I like Shifter because one, I really enjoy the, I enjoy the for- forum layout and it's super easy to make a site. Um, I also enjoy playing around with the appearance of it. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a forum. It allows you to link to different posts. So I, um, okay. So for like my, um, homebrew universe, um, Belandia. Okay. I have all sorts of, organizations that are um, kept in a bullet point list and then each thread has its own um, organization. Okay. And if the character itself is important enough to the story, I will make it, I will make their own little um, post. Sure. But if not, I'll just have the um, characters in that post. All right. So you've basically turned the shifter site into a working wiki. Yes. That's awesome. Um, I really like the website Obsidian Portal. You may have been forced to join that when I run games. Uh, um, it sounds super familiar, but I don't actually know if I have. Okay. Well, Obsidian Portal is a website that was specifically designed to be an RP hub for your uh, role-playing game, for Ooh. your tabletop games. Okay. Um, so... It allows you a place to store notes. It gives you access to a full wiki with a super easy format to follow so that you don't have to deal with a lot of like CSS uh, stuff. It provides a forum for player communication. Um, it allows you to send uh, emails out to whoever's in the game and send announcements out. Uh, so you can almost use it like a guild website uh, except uh, just for like a specific number of people that you invite uh so it's not like shifter it, it doesn't have the same social accessibility that something like shifter has mm-hmm. but it's specifically designed to be a tabletop thing and i really really like obsidian portal okay i'll have to check it out uh the wiki lets you pick out posts that are available for everyone and that are available just for the storyteller so that you can easily keep notes for yourself it allows you to uh, post one page and block out segments for yourself that no one else can see, but uh, that just don't show up at all for the players and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's kind of a really cool thing. Um, and then a good thing to keep track of is that when you're playing in digital games, uh, World of Warcraft, or if you're role-playing in Skype or something like that, copy and paste is amazing. It is. Um, I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm going to mention it again. The add-on elephant is yes. probably my favorite um, copy-paste. There are other ones that also keep logs. I know Pratt is one, but elephant is the easiest to use. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, it doesn't have a ton of bells and whistles, just copy-paste. Um, wish it, it also didn't allows have a maximum word segment for copy-paste. But yeah, yes, that would be nice. It, but. It works fine. Um, and yeah, that about wraps up my note taking session here. So we're a bit short, but we're going to go ahead and end the show here. Uh, anything you wanted to mention before we end the show? Anything, any other comments or suggestions or anything? 
Uh, no, but we will try and keep the Twitter updated. I, I forgot last week to mention that we didn't have a show. Okay. Um, but we will try and keep the Twitter updated whether or not there is a show this week. Okay. So just keep an eye out I for can that. be a bit more in charge of that even uh, while I'm out. Uh, speaking of Twitter, our show Twitter is at Booty Bay Press, and my personal Twitter is at MuteBansheeD3, where I do all kinds of things. A lot of the, it's almost all video game related. It's not all WoW related. Um, recently... I've been posting some of my Season 5 Diablo stuff. Season 5 Diablo has gone so <laughs> amazing for me, Gwen. Wow. Um, for the very first time, I'm playing at Tier 6. Congrats. Okay, used to be, until this season, uh, Endgame. And then this season, they added three new difficulties that are even harder. <laughs> and I was so sad that this was the season I made it to tier six, because I was like, this would they, have been endgame last season. They couldn't have waited one season. <laughs> yeah, one season was all I needed. But um, they said they didn't, but tier six feels a lot easier to me than it used to be. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's that you're better? Maybe it's that I got better gear this season. I don't know. Because they swear up and down that they did not make it any easier. They just added more difficult settings. But I'll tell you, it feels it was a lot easier to get to Tier 6 this season. And it's a lot easier to survive in Tier 6 this season. And I'm pushing Tier 7 now. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully by the end of the season, I'll be in Tier 9, which is what my endgame is. Um... And maybe Greater Rift level 50 would be awesome, too. But anyways, um, our email, if you want to send us an email, is bootybaypress at gmail.com. Our music is attributed to Blizzard. It is the theme song from the Lion's Pride Inn. And yeah, I think that about wraps us up. So without further ado, say bye, Gwen. Bye, Gwen. <laughs>